This is Agents Influence Podcast. Some folks that have come from the independent agency world that are actually kind of jumped and started their own insure tech from the ground up with the express intent to help other independent agents. And so that to me is exciting and motivating of these people know that world. They're intimately familiar. This isn't just a technologist. So these are people that are really knowledgeable about the independent agency channel, starting companies specifically targeted to work within that system. And so hopefully they'll see you know, even more success and then hopefully see more independent agents kind of making that leap and helping to bridge the gap. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners, how are you? Welcome to another episode of Agents Influence Podcast, conversations with who? Me, Jason Cass, and today we are joined by Mr. Uh, Robert Galbraith, and he is an author of Insurance Nerds. Now, there's a lot that I wanna unpack inside of this podcast, so I kinda want you guys to get ready and be prepared, but you know that I've gotta give a little shout out, and I'm gonna do a shout out differently, that um, we got your podcast.com. Now we're doing over 11 shows, um, probably more than that now. But if you want to build authority inside your niche, podcasts are where it's at, and we're helping people do that. It's pretty amazing uh, some of the things that we are hearing out there. So I encourage you to do that. Most importantly, also, I've seen for some reason, I guess a lot of agents have a lot of time. So they are talking a lot about their websites. Now, I just want to let you know that there's things you need to re- think about when it comes to your website. Advisor Evolved is a sponsor of our podcast. I get it. They are. But there's a lot of other website companies out there that are really designing around them and trying to um, sometimes throw shade in ways that they probably shouldn't, realizing that all vendors are good. There's enough business for everybody in this industry. And I just encourage that when you're looking for a website developer, that ask the people that are around you and then reconfirm with some of those people. There's some of these fly-by-nights and we want to do the best that we can that you stay with someone who's true and committed to the independent insurance system, the agency insurance system, and that's going to be here for a while. You're in, you, we we say today that your website is your virtual front door. It is your virtual business. So if it is, then we need to treat it like our business. Really think of most of us are sitting in our offices right now listening to this or you're running and you're working out and you're thinking of the office that you reside in. It's probably pretty beautiful. It's probably well taken care of and immaculate on the outside. Beautiful. Think of how your website looks. Make sure that is seen because more people see that than drive by your office and pay attention to it. I promise you. I promise you that. So anyways, check out Advisor Evolved. I'm telling you, check out Advisor Evolved. They're good stuff. Rob, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, Jason. It's so great to finally connect with you. I know we've been chasing this for a while, so it's awesome to be together. We have been. The loyal listeners know that usually I watch people for a while and then I pick them off when I think is the right time. Uh, Loyal listeners behind the scenes, what Rob's talking about, we tried this about, oh my gosh, about a month ago and then something fell through. Actually, it's probably a long time for that and then something and then my uncle passed. So then we had to reschedule. But two cares. Today is October 16th. 
It is 109 in the afternoon. The loyal listeners are thinking, man, Jason, you don't do them in the afternoon because we were doing a Facebook Live, but we changed up to deliver it to you differently, listeners. Ram, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. What? Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? I am an iPhone guy. I can tell also for you loyal listeners, I can see him and he had the earbuds on before. So it just tells you immediately that he is. And so uh, what's the last app that you downloaded, Rob? Oh, man. Um, Duolingo, that uh, language app. Yeah. Really? Yep. Why did you choose that one over some of the others? That's a good good thing because I'm looking at these myself. Yeah. So my 10-year-old um, is fascinated with Japan and she wants to do all things Japan. She keeps asking to go. Um, obviously, the Olympics got delayed. So now she's like, hey, can we still go to the Olympics? They're not until 2021 now, dad, or whatever. <laughs> so um, yeah, I was like, well, we don't really know any Japanese. So she's like, well, I want to learn. So I was like, well, let me download this and help you. And uh, I tried out a little bit of German on it. Uh, my wife is German and I tried to learn a little bit while we were dating. But uh, of course, as soon as we got married, I stopped learning. So uh, I was testing my German knowledge out there. It's uh, not good. So uh, I need to spend more time on the app. Oh, just, I don't know, three, four weeks. Really? And so, I mean, have you, you think that it's going to work? You think it's going to be something that's going to probably be able to help you? I, I I hope so. I'm sure I won't be fluent in it, of course, but uh, I, I, I uh, when we were dating, I mean, this is, I'm dating myself. I used Rosetta Stone a bit and um, I'd be in the house. I'd have like the, you know, the headset mm-hmm. on and all that. And it would like say something and you had to repeat it and it'd have a little green, you know, thing and ding, if you got it right, and a little, if you got it wrong. And um, she was always amazed. She's like, it gave you credit for that. And I'm like, yeah, it told me that that was right. And she just would walk away shaking her head. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Next question. <laughs> Sometimes you got it. You got it. I've been trying to do, uh, trying to learn Spanish. And that's one of the easiest languages to learn. I'm having trouble doing that. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So heck I was, I was bad at English. So the, the next question I like to ask people to figure out is, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Oh, man. Uh, I, I I like to win. I want to say I like to win. Yeah, that's a tough question. That's interesting. So, but um, yeah, now my kids hate to lose. They're really sore losers. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you they are, but sometimes that makes us bad, better. But, you know, sometimes you're thinking, is that too, are they, do they love, do they hate to lose too much? You know what I mean? Yeah, I've got kids myself. Uh, last night, my son and I were playing ping pong and, uh, this has become something that him and I really, really, I cleaned out my, um, during COVID cleaned out some of my house and got my ping pong table back out. And we just been killing it the last couple months in ping pong. And, uh, yeah, he's gotten so much better. See, he has an older brother. So I've already been kind of good because his older brother who doesn't live in the house anymore. So now his younger brother's coming up and he's playing. He's like, dang, dad, you're pretty good. And I'm really not that good, but I had to get good when I was playing his older brother. And so now, so, but now he's getting good. And man, when he loses, I told him, I said, son, where are you going to break a window? He's like, dad, I wouldn't do that. I'm like, well, I don't know. What after you get beat, you want to see the way you act. That's not necessarily good, but it is what it is. So anyways, it's, it's kind of being American. You know, just just my thought. Anyway, 
It is. And yeah, it's been interesting, uh, Jason, because, you know, with the COVID, right, staying more time at home and all that. So we busted out some of the board games and cards and, yep. you know, it's been kind of like a, a almost like a mini family vacation throughout. And um, I, I get kind of intense when we're playing Monopoly or some of these others. And so so intense that my wife has actually surreptitiously taken pictures. She'll pretend like she's disinterested on her phone, but she's actually taking pictures of my my face. And I have all sorts of contortions going on and all that, which she likes to post. So, yeah. I get into it. Oh, how many of us have spouses that act like they're on the phone, but they're really <laughs> taking the picture? Boy, that's another thing we can relate to. Holy cow. Rob, we say here that there's two things in life that'll make you successful, luck or skill. If you had to choose you, which one do you think has been a bigger impact in your life to get you to where you are? Man, um, I'm going to say luck. Uh, I, I've been very fortunate. I, I think I could argue skill if I really wanted to, but um, yeah, definitely mm -hmm. moments in my life and my career where I could point to and say, yeah, you know, something else if it hadn't worked out that way, it wouldn't really had anything to do with me. And um, that that's kind of how I spent the course of my life and how I've had some success. So yeah, I would go for luck. I encourage you, um, Robert, I just did just released today a Jim Harris uh, which is a futurist. And he talks about how the autonomous vehicle actually, everybody talks about autonomous vehicle and maybe what life will be like relating to you and having a vehicle. But he tells it on the outside of what it'll be like for society and for other industries to have that, right? And 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 the reason I, I jump off that is he hits really hard in this question on luck or skill based on the fact that he says luck as well but he says luck is is using your skill to fill as much of the um i can't remember what he used to fill as much of the the pot with opportunities and then luck helps that filter out you know what i mean and so so he says why well, i believe in luck has been the end result he says there's been a lot of skill that i've had to do to fill that pot to create that when he said that that really that really kind of was like yeah i can feel what he's saying there you know yeah jason yeah. and you've probably heard the term you know this is a a, a phrase that i've heard multiple times that i always like luck favors the prepared Right. So exactly yes. to your point, it's like, are you in a position to take advantage of some good fortune that comes your way? Mm -hmm. It's key. It's key. It's key. All right. Take us back. Give us in about two to three minutes. Take us back to high school, college, wherever you want and bring us forward to where you are sitting today. Yeah. So uh, I'm uh, talking to you out of my home in San Antonio, Texas. So I've been a, a Texan since uh, 1998. Texan by choice, I think, not by birth, but you know, <laughs> you got the bumper stickers down here. I got, I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as soon as I could. Um, born and raised in, in Michigan, went to high school in, in Ann Arbor, but uh, I did not go to University of Michigan. I had to go to the rival school. So I'm a proud Michigan State Spartan. Wow. Uh, go green, go white. Um, graduated in 95. I had the opportunity to work at the Federal Reserve for a couple of years uh, after that, which was great because I was an econ major. So it was a perfect job. And then moved down here and uh, fell into the insurance industry. So I've been on the carrier side for over 20 years. And um, yeah, a uh, failed actuary. <laughs> I couldn't hack all the, the math exams and had an opportunity to go to the underwriting department. And uh, I just loved it. I love the uncertainty. I love that, you know, no two days are the same uh, in underwriting. It's always very different, very interesting problems and stuff to, to solve. And so that kind of matched my personality and it got into the innovation side of things. Um, I wrote my book, The End of Insurance as We Know It. That got, came out in February of uh, 2019. And so I've been kind of on a, on a whirlwind since then. So 
yeah, um, it's been a crazy journey. You know, a lot of people uh, kind of go by the name the most interesting man in insurance. I tell people I personally am boring, you know, and I'm very risk adverse. So being an underwriter was kind of perfect for my personality. But I've had a lot of cool adventures, cool opportunities because of my career in insurance. And so had it not been for that, I would be an exceedingly boring person. <laughs> wow, that's interesting because I'm going to get more, we're going to dig more deep into that. Before we do, I think there's something that a lot of my um, listeners, it's almost like it's a, I don't think our industry is siloed. It's becoming less and less siloed. Carriers versus underwriters versus, versus agents versus vendors, right? It's becoming very much less siloed because we have to. We're realizing that we have to work together um, for the betterment of everybody. But something that a lot of people, I have read, um, oh my God, it's uh, Tony uh, from, um, from Insurance Nerds. He wrote his book. What was the name of his book? Yep, insuring tomorrow, Tony Condes. There, there, yep. yeah. So I thought that that was that that was the only book that I have read, but I, of of insurance nerds. But clear this up for me and my audience. Like, what is insurance nerds? Like, what what should I know about that? When you say you're an author with insurance nerds, what does that mean? Yeah, that was a great question, uh, Jason. So um, insurance nerds, um, actually a, a partner with them as well. So Carly Burnham and Tony Condes are good friends of mine. I've known them for years through the CPCU Society. We got connected uh, through them and. Um, so yeah, they started their own company and it's kind of a side gig for, for all of us, but, um, they started it several years ago and, um, just started with posts from people, you know, in the industry, zero to five year professionals. And I just felt that it wasn't a lot of guidance out there. We had a lot of folks that were like in call centers or whatnot, and it was just becoming, it wasn't as clear. You didn't have the apprenticeships or mentorships or whatnot. And uh, people were really struggling early on in their insurance career. And so it was definitely kind of. Uh, people helping people. And so it kind of expanded to beyond blog posts to um, podcasts. And then they started publishing books and they started having events. And um, so, yeah, it's just kind of a, an ecosystem. Like I use that buzzword now. And so insnerds.com, definitely check it out. They've got one of the, the most productive chat channels. I think there's over 1600 people connected to their, their Slack. And, um, you know, if you want to be get connected for somebody, you just throw something on say, Hey, I'm looking for somebody that's an expert in X, Y, Z or whatever. And, um, so yeah, it's really all about kind of celebrating insurance, building community, um, providing some, some education, but not, you know, hardcore stuff. And it's interesting about the books I, I, I call, they've got five books now and uh, I call them popular insurance books. That sounds like an oxymoron, Jason, but they're a lot more accessible. Like most of the books in insurance are either like a CPC textbook or you know, agency license uh -huh. study exam guide and, and stuff like that. And so they're very thick. They're very, they're, you know, make you snooze. And so, yeah, they keep it light. They keep it fun. And so for those of us that are passionate about the industry and, and professionals in it, but you know, we're not looking for that. It, it's, it's a perfect place. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of the, the good content that you're looking for, but it's, it's, um, yeah, a little fun, a little accessible, you know, uh, they call it friendly. So you, yeah. So you say that you are the most interesting man in insurance because of the opportunities and the places it's taken you. Am I right by that? Yeah, that's right. And, um, actually didn't come up with that name myself. Uh, I was on a podcast uh, a few years back with uh, Nick Lamparelli called profiles and risk and, and Nick kind of used that term and it's kind of stuck. And so now I've got it on my LinkedIn and people love and they can, Hey, I love connecting or I'm talking to the most interesting man in insurance. And you know, what I was talking to Nick about at that time was I'd spent a lot of time, um, doing catastrophe underwriting. So really trying to understand risk. I like to get there on the ground. So, you know, I've been on the ground. 
um, right after hurricanes and kind of seeing the devastation that they have. I had the opportunity to go um, to Hawaii to give a talk on wildfire. So definitely an expert that I've seen, you know, the devastation that, that, that fires can cause, talked to a lot of fire professionals and um, actually landed there. There's a 6.9 magnitude earthquake that, uh, you know, it seems like an hour after I landed that precipitated a bunch of lava flows oh and stuff. And um, yeah. And then when the book came out, you know, I've had the opportunity to, to give talks worldwide. So, you know, got invited to Vienna, Austria, London, England. I've talked to, you know, Toronto, Canada, Sydney, Australia, been to Sao Paulo, Brazil. Um, this year, I haven't had the opportunity to travel as much, of course, but, um, you know, I've given talks in Warsaw, Poland and, and uh, Bogota, Colombia virtually. And so, yeah, you know, none of this would have been possible without insurance. So it's been- What are cool. you talking about all over these places that people give a shit about what you are saying here from America? What are you talking about? You know, really talking about this, this uh, insure tech, you know, your audience has probably heard about that, right? And, and kind of distinguish between- you know, your standard companies, agency management systems or, or, or you know, carrier core systems, policy yep. admin systems or claim systems, things like that. But you know, a lot of startups, the folks coming from Silicon Valley and, and, and elsewhere, certainly we might have heard of you know, Lemonade, right? Um, Root, Metro yep. Mile, Hippo or some of these other carriers that are out there. But there's just a whole bunch of startup companies that are selling tech into the insurance space and a whole bunch of emerging technology you know, sensors, uh, remote imagery, right? Um, being able to take a, a photo of your car and having the AI assess the damage and give you an estimate kind of right on the spot. And um, so that's really, you know, what my book is about is I contend there's going to be more change in the next 10 years in the insurance industry than the last three decades combined. And um, I didn't write it for an international right. audience, but um, there's folks worldwide that are kind of seeing some of the same trends and you know, just want to learn more about it. There's tons of press releases out there. There's tons of articles, but nobody's really kind of brought it together into an accessible guide before. And so I think that's why it's really uh, resonated with audiences across the world, which has blown me away. That's good, man. That's good. I love that. You know, um, a lot of us write market uh, books to for marketing and to build authority and stuff. But as you just said, you took the words out of my mouth. Seems like you brought a lot of that stuff together and said, "Hey, yeah, I know it's a little bit here, a little bit there. Let's 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 do this." So um, I had no plan other than to talk to you about that. So basically, the podcast is over. No, I'm joking. But one one of the things that let's talk about this because um, you are. Uh, um, I think when I when I see you or I think if someone came up to me and said, Jason, who is this person? Give me five words that describe them. One of the words I would use would have been InsureTech. It would have been. It would have been InsureTech. So the, the thing that I want to say, though, is that as a Main Street agent, it's almost the difference. There's there's we're all in the same game together and we're all having fun and we rely on each other. But there is that carrier. There is that agent. Right. And there is that vendor and other things. But in this sense of who the insure techs go after and necessarily who we are, sometimes doesn't line up to be the same thing. And I think that there is a huge opportunity there. But I think that the opportunity is being started in the wrong spot. Let me say, I believe that InsureTech is making a valiant effort to try and say, how do we incorporate the independent insurance agent channel or the agent channel into what we're doing? And me personally, this is where I want you to tell me if I'm wrong or right. Seriously, this is just my thought. And I'm probably echoing a lot of here is that they don't really care about dealing with us because we don't have the money. We don't, we don't have, we can't put $10 million into, um, yeah, we'll try and create that product with you. You know, that's a very tough thing. We make very good money, but not that kind of money, right? 
And then at the other side of it, it seems like that there's a lot of concentration on giving tools to companies that um, uh, so that they can make their claims better, so that they can make their efficiencies better, their underwriting better, their actuary better. But even when I ask, like a guy by Dan Daniel Fagella, if you if you know him, he's a he's a really interesting guy. You should listen to, and he's in giving um, talks and consulting to insurance companies. And I asked him, I said, how often are the insurance companies asking about tools and products to help their agents? And he said, Jason, that never comes up. It just doesn't. And so I think that InsureTech feeds into that, but that doesn't help the independent insurance agent, Rob. What do you got to say about that? I know that was a lot, but I want to get that out there and have this conversation. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I see a lot of the, the evolution, right? Um, and I kind of talk about InsureTech, you know, 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. So 1.0 was kind of, you know, same playbook from Silicon Valley for other industries. We're going to come in, we're going to learn everything there is to know about your industry, and then we're going to disrupt you, right? And you're going to be out of business. And mm -hmm. so I think they just said, we'll go past the agents, we'll go past brokers, we'll go past carriers, we're just going to do the thing ourselves. And, you know, what it, it, they kind of came up with a harsh reality, right? Which is insurance is different. And I think it's different for a, a few reasons. Number one, it's not, um, you know, a ride from your office to the airport or the hotel, right? Um, you may have taken cabs or rented a car, you know, you can kind of take a flyer on Uber, see if this thing's going to work. If it works out, great, keep using it. If it doesn't, you know, you switch to Lyft or you go back to the way you were doing things before. There's not a ton of commitment from a, a customer's perspective, right? Not so with insurance, well um, right? You're, you're talking about a, a, a super important, it's a, it's a financial instrument and a legal contract all rolled into one. And you just don't want to roll the dice on that. You want to be with somebody that you know and you trust. So I, I think that's part of it. Um, and obviously, right, lots of regulation, lots of nuance about it. And, and so I think that they they came to appreciate like, okay, we can't just be, again, Uber, right? And sidestep all the taxi medallions and all that. Like, you know, there's a whole lot more to, to insurance that we need to kind of come to grips with. And um, then consumers are just not that engaged with it, right? It's not just recommendations on, you know, what Netflix show should I watch next? Or, you know, what should I put in my, my Amazon cart? Um, it's kind of set it and forget it, right? Most people buy insurance. I say it's the thing you buy to do the thing you really want to do. So if it's to get auto insurance and drive the, the car off the dealer's lot or to close on your mortgage or to you know start your business, right? You're going to do it. And then you're not going to think about it until A, you have a bad claims experience or B, you know, your rates go up so much that it's it's kind of worth uh, shopping uh, your, your account. So um, I think we kind of got to 2.0 where they realized like, hey, this isn't going to be instant money for us. We're not going to disrupt everybody. And so they really started focusing on partnerships, right? And a lot of them are funded, of course, by venture capitalists and others. They're investors. They want a return on their money. So um, seeing like how lagging some of the technology can be on, you know, both the, the, the agency side and the carrier side, they felt like there was an opportunity there. But um, the challenge, of course, is that the sales cycle is super long. So 12, 18, 24 months just to start that relationship to where you kind of close the sale. Like it, it's kind of tough sledding. Um, so some companies have decided to go on their own and they've, they've tried to find a, a niche market or whatever, right? Where they've kind of gone direct and they're trying to like target their, you know, they're not going to blast the airwaves like a Geico progressive. Like they're trying to select people. Hey, if you're on, you know, cars.com, maybe I'll show you an ad for auto insurance uh, and stuff like that. You know, Pi Insurance has done a lot with their uh, radio ads, clear covers kind of, you know, trying to target those car shoppers, et cetera. But, you know, a lot of these companies have realized direct is a really expensive model. And so they've actually turned the agencies, agencies that they kind of eschewed originally and kind of said, oh, those guys are just adding costs. They don't have any value. We don't need to partner with them. And they've kind of realized like distribution is really important and really key. And the agent does a whole lot more than, right, just uh, put up a few billboards and whatnot. And so um, it's been 
fascinating kind of in this, you know, 3.0 where yes, you see some that are trying to, to collaborate, right, and enable technology. And then some are competing, but the way that they're competing is much more likely to be partnering with, with uh, Main Street agents. And uh, to your point about they still don't get it. It's like they're trying to, they still don't think they fully get it, right? And, and are still trying to understand the value. And I know that they send marketing materials that are trying to get, you know, uh, agency appointments and all that. But um, again, the, the, the relationship building isn't quite there yet. I think that's the part that is is really missing. They're not in it for the long haul. And so I, I hopefully we'll see that over time, right? Um, but I think you're right. There's still a disconnect. Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice, the ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you, what I'm reading is the truth. Picture this, crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored, just for you. That's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners, like me, experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit lightspeedvoice.com or call 877.97-VOICE to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice, we're more than just talk. Cast approved. I saw a, um, I sit on the Ivan's uh, advisory board uh, for Ivan's and they said uh, that we were talking one time and I heard an agent was proposing an idea for a piece of software or a tool that could be used. And the um, CIO at the time of Hartford said, uh, stood up and said, while I think that that's probably one of the best ideas and thoughts that I've heard probably in the last six months to a year, over the last four to five years from coming back from these different types of meetings, we've taken a lot of the things we've heard and invested money into it for the independent agent channel. And then we turn around and we release it out there and we get a one to 2% penetration rate on who's actually using the thing. And so when you hear that side and you have an open mind, you can say, okay, as a business, I can see why they have to be very strategic as to where they do spend their money for our channel, right? And so at the same time, I want to yell at them that they don't spend enough time. I understand the other way of it. A lot of times my audience says that sometimes you just don't nail things down, Cass, well, because I'm open-minded and I realize that we're not going to get anywhere just being stuck in the mud of our own thoughts, right? We've got to look at it from that point. That's where I think there's been a little bit of an opening um, into something that's that has caught on inside of our agent channel, which is what we call indie tech, yep. right? which this is I-N-D-I-E-T-E-C-N-H. And that is indie tech, meaning that us agents realizing what we need rather than the, and I, uh, real, real quick, 
I want to lay out, I want to tell you, Rob, you laid that out very well as to how you said that this, this, the Valley would come and attack. We don't need anybody. Couldn't do that. Oh, let's partner with the carriers. And then now they're asking for the agents. We're getting so many. It's so funny. Lemonade's trying to, to, to hook up agents. You know, a lot of them are hippo is. And, and it's so funny because you talked to those th people three or four years ago. They didn't return your call. Now you're an agency owner and they call you. They'll, they'll pick up the phone. Real, 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 real. But that's fine. And that's okay. We all learn. You know, we don't hold that against them. They're coming into a new market trying to figure things out. Um, but but with the indie tech, it was a way for us to say, not like we were just going to partner with companies because we can't get companies to understand it. So we realized we had to partner with each other, right? Ind independent agents had to be like, okay, no one else understands what we're doing. And really, we don't need somebody to create this big mammoth. You know, we're just needing something like this or this. And then we ran into a problem, though, as independent agents, that everybody does yeah. it different. Every agency is a fingerprint. It's all unique. And so now I'm thinking, well, shit, no wonder the companies, where are the companies even going to start with this? Because we all do things differently. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, a couple of things that I've, I've heard, Todd, I can to, to um, a lot of independent agents, and you're so right about this indie tech movement, which I'm really excited about. Um, so I actually wrote an article uh, for Last Agent Standing that uh, talks about the revenge of the independent agent, right? Of, you know, we've been hearing for 30 years, oh, they're going to go the way of the travel mm -hmm. agent and whatnot. And, and actually, right, they have a way to, again, compete against the billions of, of, of Geico and and progressive and, and others now in a way that you know you can be much more disciplined you can be very targeted right in your use of uh, digital marketing and others so there's certainly agencies out there that are very savvy and, and very nimble and have really you know caught on others of course are, are struggling so it kind of you know runs the gamut but I, I think independent agents are actually kind of more valued now than they, they've ever been before and so um, from a technology standpoint the thing that I hear all the time is there is a lot of tech that's being developed out there and more and more of it is um, intended to to play in the independent agent space. But um, I often ask agents because I'm trying to understand True. the technology and, and I've seen a lot of demos. It looks really slick. And then when I talk to agents, probably the number one thing I hear is, you know what, Rob, um, that doesn't solve a problem that I have. You know, that is not helping with the things that are keeping me up at night. And so I think that's where the disconnect is. Um, you know, there's a lot of reinventing the wheel, I guess I would say out there in terms of, um, some of the technology that, that, that that's agent focused. Um, and so I think that, again, that's the missing now I've seen, if, and you've probably seen this too, right? Some folks that have come from the independent agency world that are actually kind of jumped and started their own insure tech from the ground up with the express intent to help other independent agents. And so that to me is exciting right. and motivating of these people know that world. They're intimately familiar. This isn't just a technologist, um, you know, like Daniel Schreiber, who didn't have any you know, background in insurance and kind of started Lemonade, right? Saw um, an opportunity there. So these are, right. are people that are really knowledgeable about the independent agency channel, starting companies specifically targeted to, to work within that system. And so, um, you know, ho hopefully they'll see, you know, even more success and, and hopefully see more independent agents kind of making that leap and um, helping to bridge the gap. So I, I think there's a lot of exciting activity that's going on now, finally, um, after a lot of kind of being on the mm -hmm. sidelines, as you mentioned. Well, it goes to what you said. There's going to be more change in the next 10 years than the last three decades combined. Uh, I, I would say it's probably more than that because I agree with you emphatically, dude. And and, and and why this is so this is so good is because when you think about it, you said something that loyal listeners, I don't know if you pulled that out, but that's my job is to help you here. He said that he's dealing with the insurance, the, the independent insurance agent understands insurance. 
understands. And that's a different thing, right? So if it's, um, it's, it's the fact that the, these other, they understood technology, but they didn't understand insurance. Well, here's somebody who understands insurance. If they understand technology, this is pretty, this is pretty wild. Cause I have to admit, it's probably a little bit easier to learn technology than it is to learn insurance. Because when you're learning technology, you know what you want. One of the things that my buddy Billy Williams says all the time, he says this, he says, most time people will see technology, say, yeah, I want that. Then they go to use it and they go, well, what do I do with it? That is not so much insure tech or indie tech's problem. That's a bad owner problem who needs to realize, as you said, first, what is the problem I'm having? What pieces of technology fix that problem, right? And that's what it is. Everybody jumps on the bandwagon. I have to say that I'm probably a leading guilty person of this. I talk about certain products on this podcast. I talk about certain services and certain companies. And I think people sometimes jump to those that's not what my point of it is, is if you're ready to use the service or you have a need for the service or it pops up three years down the road, just know that me or other agents are using this and it is valid for that problem to be solved, you know? So that was key that you said that because I think that that's pretty big. And that tells me that if I know insurance and I can learn technology, I might be able to have a leg up on those who know technology, but don't know insurance. That's very interesting that you 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 wrapped that 360 for me there, Rob. That was good. I like that. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So, what do you see? Let's just let's just let's just play in the sandbox for a minute, okay? As we wrap this up, let's play in the sandbox. What do you see? Where? What would you? Uh, let me say this. Let me say this. In 2015, I don't think many people saw Slack and 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 Teams being a huge player. And okay, something like that, right? What would you say that you would see as, as, I mean, set this on, apologize. In 2015, we didn't realize that we had all of these different places that we had to go to find everything. And then in a way, Teams and Slack kind of brought that together for us and allowed that to be our digital ecosystem is what I like to call it. What other things out there right now are going crazy that we're not seeing that probably is going to be brought together or is going to help transform the industry in the next five to 10 years? I know we're just playing in the sandbox, but what, what, what do you think? Give me some wild, crazy stuff you think about. Yeah, that. so uh, it's a great question, Jason. So, you know, I would say in the immediate term, of course, right, we're living through through COVID-19. And so a lot of agencies have had to, 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 to close their offices and kind of, you know, very quickly pivot to, to working remotely. Um, and so I'm seeing challenges on how do I do a claims inspection? How do I do loss control? How do I do like, you know, overnight, right? We've kind of had to pivot. And, and I think it used to be kind of a nice at home, right? I know when I used to work at home, it was like, oh, I just need to head down day and apply through some email or whatever, right? And, and now it's like, that's that's all day, every day. And some agencies, of course, have been able to, to open up their doors, but I don't think we'll ever do business in the same way that we, 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 we've always done before. So I think having that mixed modal, like, yes, sometimes people are going to want to walk through the front door, right? But oftentimes they're not. And so being able to meet customers where they want to be met, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, the other thing too, that's uh, very interesting is you know small commercials going the way of personal lines so more and more right that ability to quote online for for home and auto and so more and more agencies are really struggling on kind of the small commercial and you know it may take just as much time and, and effort to chase an account that's ten thousand dollars versus a hundred thousand dollars in premium where are you going to put your time and effort right and so uh, there's a lot of marketplaces there's a lot of you oh. know and so it's really kind of interesting where um, we know that a lot of small businesses still want to go through the independent agency channel, but you know how you, you as an agency can can make that really an official, uh, an efficient use of your time. And so there's a lot of again online quoting capability, 
opportunities that independent agents can have or placing it with different marketplaces, um, even the opportunity to do book rolls and, and stuff like that. So, you know, small commercials kind of go in the, the way of personal lines, which I find very interesting. And then um, you know, it, it's very interesting because you see a lot of consolidation, right? You see folks like Aon and Willis Towers, Watson, the big guys are, you know, they're merging. They're already mammoth, right? And they're kind of merging. And so you kind of said, again, right, right, what does this mean for Main Street agencies? And we know that there's, you know, Brown and Brown and others that are kind of consolidation. And so I think you're going to see what a lot of people describe as, you know, the bar bill effect of over the next five to 10 years, the big will get bigger, right? And you'll see some of those acquisitions. But um, at the same time, I think um, agencies that really do a good job distinguishing themselves and whether that's through branding, marketing, you know, the, the markets they serve, um, you know, they find a, 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 a right niche for their communities and, and, and supporting them. I think they're going to do just fine, right? Uh, but I think that will be enabled by technology. And I think those kind of right. caught in the middle where they're not evolving, they're not changing, they're not either, you know, getting bigger and getting in with the big guys and consolidate, or they're not, you know, finding kind of their their own space. Um, those are the ones that are really going to struggle. Um, and I've, I've talked to agencies, Jason, it's like, our, you know, we're sixth generation, we've been over 100 years old. And, you know, we finally, you know, have some some online capabilities. It's not just a website of, you know, here's the Google map to my, my front door, right? right? And we're starting to offer more and more services to the folks online and doing business that way or doing, you know, Instagram, you know, Facebook live, all that kind of stuff. And so um, agencies that are adapting, I think are really thriving. And, you know, I'll leave you with this thought too. Again, right. Um, people are always worried about like direct and, and agencies going out. And certainly there's a segment of the population that wants that, but I actually liken it to WebMD, right? So if I go out to WebMD, like my knee hurts, I want to know, is it arthritis? Is it torn cartilage? Like, what should I be doing? Like what I want to diagnose my symptoms. I'm not about to go from that WebMD to just, you know, grab a scalpel and start a YouTube video and perform surgery on my nail. I'm going to go see a doctor. I'm going to see somebody that's an expert, right? They're medically trained. They have access to technologies, MRIs and all that, that I don't have access to. They'll confirm. So I'm going to come into that doctor's office as a much more informed consumer because I've done some homework. I've done some research. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily coming in and say my knee hurts, you know, help me out. Like I'll be a little bit more informed. I can kind of trust what they're saying. I'll have a more higher level of conversation. But at the end of the day, I, I need that expert, right? I, if I were to truly diagnose what's wrong with my knee, I'd have mm -hmm. to have a medical degree. I don't have seven years to go through that, right? So I think people want the path of least resistance. So they're going to do a little bit of homework on their own, um, but then they're going to want to trust that insurance expert. And I think that's where the independent agent really excels, right? And so hopefully the folks that you're engaging with are a little bit more educated. They understand insurance. Um, obviously, a lot of people don't understand how it works. They pay their premium. They think it's put under a mattress somewhere or whatever, and it's going to be there. Yeah, they think that we take it. I don't know what they think, but they do. Yeah. Um, you know, Rob, there's something I want to say here, though. This is really exciting because you, you did. You led to some, some really, really great things. And I think that there's going to be um, there's there AI is going to play a huge portion of this. We all know this. I think it's very, I think for some of us, we think it's clear. Maybe it is clear. Um, I, I think that's going to be a huge part of it. And I think that like, there's going to be less people and, and I, I, I see it already. And, and no matter what we think and how efficient we think we are, we are a very heavy labor intensive industry, especially when I'm talking and maybe the companies are getting better quicker, but we as independent insurance agents, very labor intensive. We're very close to being the uh, car industry whenever they needed to conform and they didn't. And finally they were forced to, you know? Um, so we are very, very much uh, that. And when I say that a lot of other industries um, that have, that have went um, that, 
right now that the average insurance agent, independent agent is spending between 45 to 55% of their revenue on employee expenses, whether that's, whether that's payroll, taxes, health insurance, whatever that could be, any dollar attributed towards that. And when you look at the, the good to great companies and the companies that are transforming that had those type of numbers that had to conform to today, those, that number is 10 to 15% less. And when you're talking about thousands or millions of dollars, that 10 to 15% less is pretty substantial. And I think that um, there's a guy by the name of Daniel Burris. He is a futurist. He is a fantastic guy. I love the guy. Um, he said to me once, and very similar to what you said about the doctor, I said, what is the most important thing in the world in the future? And he said, relationships. This is a futurist, right? And it was like, whoa. And he was like, but here's the thing. I said, well, we always need insurance agents. He said, you'll always need insurance agents. He said, but what that office is going to look like is a little bit different. Because if I have a lawyer who has 10 paralegals, but now I have a lawyer who has access to Watson and can tell me everything about any what paralegal could tell me, it would take thousands of hours for them to tell me. Now I need less people, still need a lawyer, still need a paralegal, but a lot less people and I can do a lot more. We don't understand that in the next five years, that is going to become more of a realism than probably most are, are willing to understand. I mean, I'm being serious when I say agencies that have 20 people that dedicate their uh, time to giving the customer experience of what they need in their customers, people, pro people data, process, I believe a 20 agency could go to a 10. I really truly do. And I think that they could be just as efficient, if not more efficient. And, 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 and I think that that's hard for people to wrap their head around. I really, really truly do. I think that's one of the changes. It is Jason. And you probably heard the same stats that I have of, you know, we have a, a, a challenge. We're an older industry, right? I think the average insurance professional is something like 51 years older. So I'm still young in the insurance industry, yeah. which is great for me, right? I'm 46 and I still walk into a room and I tend to be on the younger side, which everyone else, uh, any other place, right? I'm one of the, the old guys there. Um, so thank, well you, said. Yeah, well said. thank you, insurance. But um, so I think what I, I'm going to blow the stat, but it's like 400,000, you know, insurance jobs need to be filled by 2025 or, or something like that, right? Because we're seeing this wave of retirements. Yeah. And you know, the reality, somebody said this to me and it was just such an aha moment. They said, Rob, it's, it's true that those jobs are going away, right? Um, but we're not going to fill all 400,000 with people. We're going to fill it with some with people and a lot with AI. And so that is so true, exactly what you're saying. And so, you know, I think agencies need to understand like what, what, where's the value add and where's the not value add, right? For your customers and your clients. And so that's going to be in the face-to-face. That's -face. going to be in the, the advising, the consulting, right? All that kind of stuff you do spending time gathering a bunch of data, right? Submitting loss runs, going back and forth on the email and submissions. Or like that's the stuff that, you know, could be a whole lot more efficient potentially today. And um, so part of that's on the, the agency, but part of that's on the carriers too. And I've actually seen kind of an interesting dynamic where um, some agencies are really saying, hey, if, if, if you want to do business with us carrier, you have to meet these guidelines. And if you don't have these technology requirements, you know, this is how we're going to submit risks to you. And if you can't support that, then we're not going to send you anything. And I just find that fascinating, right? That agencies are, are more and more dictating to carriers in a, in a way that maybe in the past, right? They would have been like, well, you know, we've got to do it 12 different ways because we want to support each of the carriers. We want to have markets for this. So yeah, it's, it's very uh, interesting change in the dynamic. Do you know Seth Zaremba? Yeah. Okay. 
one of the things I love about Seth is that whenever he's talking about how he's going to give the power to the agents and through the data and all this like that, there's a misconception that happens when you hear him talking about this because people will say, man, you're just down in the companies or man, you just want to take over the companies and all that. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm just trying to get us on a level playing field. The companies are the ones with all the data and all the power right now. We don't want to be more than them. We just want to be true equal partners. That's what technology is going to do for us. Technology is not going to make us better than our vendors or our companies. It's going to make us better and more equal so that we're all talking the same language, breaking down silos. The customer doesn't know the difference between us. I know that sounds some scary to some agents, but it's okay that the customer knows that they're with a certain insurance company, but that you represent them. That's okay. A lot of com agents don't feel that way. I don't want the company to be anywhere in involved in my process. Why? They know they're insured with you. When that claim happens, you're quick as you can be to get the company on them. What? That doesn't make any sense. That's very old school thinking. And that's what I encourage people to do here is just challenge the norms. Rob, you have been fantastic. I knew you would be. You're the most interesting man in insurance. I told Sarah on my podcast, or my Sarah who, who runs AI, I said, I'm the most interesting guy in insurance. I'm going to get this cat on. Actually, you're way more interesting than me, so I appreciate you very much. Last, we always finish this last, and I know this is going to be good for you. Leaders are readers, and readers are leaders, and since you're a leader, I know you're a reader. What are you reading right now? Yeah, so um, that's a fantastic question. So I, I, I tend to go in two parallel tracks, Jason. I always have one that's some business books. I've been reading a lot about Silicon Valley, um, a lot recently about AI, right? Good and bad, um, both how it's going to change our world, uh, a lot about US versus China, right? It's really, really fascinating. Um, and then I've actually yeah. been kind of going back to our roots, right? So my wife is a huge fan of the musical Hamilton. So we watched that on Disney Plus when it came out. And so I read Washington there at Hamilton. And um, it's a really fascinating um, you know, period of time in our history. That's kind of when the first parties formed. So obviously we have a presidential election right around the corner and lots of vitriol where people say, you know, has the partisan ever been worse or whatever? Well, God, you know, if you go back to, 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 you know, Washington kind of being the only president that never represented a party and kind of the split between the Federalists and the Democrat, like things got ugly in a hurry, whatever. So it's actually kind of amazing that we're continuing on this tradition from over 200 years. So, you know, it's always kind of cool to go back into Washington's history, particularly at this moment of time. So it uh, keeps me grounded. And so I kind of like that, that mix of the, the, the practical, but then I'm also kind of, you know, learning something. Rob, I'm same way, man. Hey, I really do appreciate your time. I really, truly do. If anybody wants to reach out to you because they want to say hi, they want to tell you how awesome you are or counter that you're the most interesting man in the world, where are they going to find you, man? Yeah, so um, LinkedIn is probably the best way to connect with me. Always happy to, to connect with folks there, send DMs. I'm also on on Twitter at uh, Rob Golb, so R-O-B-G-A-L-B. -B. Uh, you can also send me a, a, a message there, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, and then endofinsurance.com. You can definitely find out more about the book and you can send me a, a message that way. And then I encourage folks to check out Amazon. So I've got some some wonderful reviews out there. That's where you can find the book. It's in a paperback, Kindle, and audiobook version. So thanks for being allowing me to be on, Jason. Rob, I appreciate it very much. Once again, this was Rob Galbraith with uh, – with insurance nerds. You can tell he does a lot more than just them, but everybody out there, listen, that may be a new name to you, but be sure to go out there and check them out. When I read Tony, Tony wrote his book with a woman though as well, didn't he? Carly Burnham, the other co-founder. Yep. 
that's correct. Okay, I didn't want to leave her out, I, but I knew it. And and because I, when I read their book, where I, what I took away from it, because there was a lot to take away, was they opened my mind as to way we how millennials look at us. I've read a lot about millennials, but they did a really really good job to help explain. I remember one of the things, and I'll wrap up with this, loyal listeners, and a reason why you need to check out this book is they're explaining to, to the fact of, of how um, millennials will interpret loyalty. And meaning that somebody who's worked at a place for 25, 30 years, gets the gold watch, retires, they say, they look back and say, I was loyal to this company. I, I worked my life there. I gave everything to it. As opposed to their example was a millennial work at a location for 11 months. And when they leave, they will say, while I was there, I was loyal. Right, loyalty is still loyalty, but how it's perceived as, is very different. And that was really, really big to me when I read that in there. I was like, man, they are on to something in this. So kudos to them, dude. Kudos to you. Um, thank you very much for your time. Of course. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. And thanks for having me on, Jason. This has been Agents Influence Podcast, Conversations with Jason Cass. I am Jason. He is Rob. And we are out. Are you looking for an insurance community to join? Have you heard of the LAAIA? The Latin American Association for Insurance Agents is just not for Latins. Their focus on diversity and inclusion over the last few years has made this 54-year-old association one of the fastest growing and the most dynamic associations in the industry. With established chapters in Florida, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and Denver, it's no surprise this association has the attention of everyone in this industry. Their upcoming national convention on beautiful Marco Island includes keynote speaker Trisha Griffith, the CEO of Progressive. National leaders from around the country like Marshberry, Vertifor, Lula, and more will be here on center stage as well. And whether you're an independent agent, a captive agent, life or health agency, or even a financial services professional, this association offers you everything you need to network and grow your business. Make sure you check them out and consider joining me, Jason Cass, at the next upcoming convention. It's going to be August 21st, the 24th, at the JW Marriott on stunning Marco Island. This has been Cass Approved.